So welcome to Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, episode 147. Uh, I am Cole. I have undergone major reconstructive <laughs> surgery uh, and am in the witness protection program uh, following some hairy incidences with the mob. But uh, I am dedicated to this show, damn it, and it will keep on going even if my voice does sound radically different. Um, my, my name is Dennis. Um <laughs> <laughs> I too am in the witness protection program, uh, but on the other side, I uh, got into a lot of problems with the. I don't know. My name's Cole. You're you're Dennis. You're hosting today. Yes, this is <laughs> this is our witness survival support group. Um, and I'm David Mysmith, and I'm a stool pigeon. So you're all screwed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what also, this? Also, really... I got to use the phrase stool pigeon. So mark it up. Yeah, let's check that <laughs> off your bucket list. What this what this really is in the in the loosest terms is a podcast about video games. Uh, we are here to entertain your asses, and uh, we're just gonna mainly tonight focus on what we've been playing, as uh, us being the center of the universe, uh, even while in witness protection, is uh, is is kind of the thesis of this show. And we might weave in a little bit of news here and there to uh, keep you current. Uh, if you're going anywhere else for news, it's it's just you're not getting the straight story. Uh, you're also probably Suck not getting BBC. The like the David yeah. Lynch movie, The Straight Story. Yeah, actually, um, yeah. We, we will quote that heavily throughout, <laughs> which will be difficult since I haven't seen it. So it's, it's okay. It's not his best work. <laughs> yeah, not not sure what I'm setting myself up for here. Oh, well. But uh, yeah, I mean, it is. It's late night when we're recording this. We've all had long, hard days at work uh, of various sorts. So I think we're going to jump straight in to uh, to what we've been playing. And uh, since I have the power, and since Cole is usually in this chair and defers to other people, I'm going to put him on the spot. <laughs> and uh, and I'll ask you first, Cole, what uh, what have you been playing? Well, um, my biggest project over the past uh, past it's been two weeks since we recorded has been to play more Mass Effect Three. Um, that's yes. the one that uh, last week um, I started into it, but uh, wasn't able to draw a lot of conclusions about it. Um, but uh, I've probably sunk about 14 hours into it at this point. And uh, I can I can probably say a little bit more. Um, I have to say that right now um, I think that Mass Effect Two is a better game. I mean, if that's uh, if that's hmm. what people are are wanting to know, you know, snap judgments about about things that uh, you know things that I haven't completed yet. <laughs> um, I think it's really just a matter of pacing, honestly. Okay. Because, because Mass Effect Two had that whole episodic structure of. I may have said this last time, I forget, but it's a very, I can't reiterate it enough, honestly. Um, but going and meeting your crew, you know, meeting your crew and doing their mission, then doing their loyalty missions, it all felt, uh, it all felt like pretty breakneck speed, right? Whereas mm -hmm. this, it's really tough to know what to do next, right? Um, in that there are like plot missions and threads that you can do, but really everything is all around this one big amorphous goal of, get the galaxy ready to defend itself from the Reapers. Okay. And everything that you yeah. do kind of like in Saints Row, honestly, like how, how everything in Saints Row gets your respect, everything that you do gets you assets for the, uh, the final battle, um, which I haven't gotten to. I don't know um, a whole lot of anything about it yet. Um, but it's, uh, and you know what, maybe what bugs me about that is that it's not as character focused as two was, like where two was like everything was geared to, was geared towards knowing these uh these you know the the, the various uh and sundry messed up members of your crew 
in 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 three at least so far my my crew is very small and it consists mostly of people from mass effect one who i kind of already know and even the interactions with them on the normandy are not as great as they were in uh in uh mass effect 2 Interesting. So, I mean, I want to touch on two things there. First off, it sounds like the impending doom of the universe is failing to convey a sense of urgency to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, just... <laughs> We're nihilists. We believe in nothing. We believe in nothing, Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it. I guess it is. But, you know, just because, like, okay, the 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 entire premise is like you're not just trying to defend the 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 the, the universe. You're trying to get rid of the Reaper threat forever. Um, there's there there's something. You know that uh, I guess I, I don't know, uh, but by defending Earth, you buy enough time in order to find the solution to get rid of the Reapers forever. So you are trying to gather these assets in order to fight them off. So you know the extinction process, you know, of the Reapers going through that takes centuries, right? And mm-hmm. so you know it's not like there is a sense of you know impending doom. It's the sense of like you're you know you're getting updates from Earth, but it doesn't matter. How many missions you do, you know, Earth is kind of always going to be a hellhole because that's where the Reapers are targeting. Because, uh, and because, because of, it's Earth. Well, well, yeah, it's <laughs> and it's the center of the universe as we've established. Um, yeah, so so yeah, I, I guess I guess that there's not a huge sense of impending doom, but yeah, I think it all goes back to like being you know the the fact that it's less character focused and it says a lot that like my favorite character moments have been you know when characters from Mass Effect Two pop up. And it's a little bit contrived every time it happens. Like, you know, you go on a mission to do X, Y, or Z, and it just so happens that one of your old comrades is there. And it's like, oh, how'd you get out of Cerberus? Oh, I did this thing, you know, or blah, blah, blah. And they're like, hey, yeah. can you help me with this? Okay, cool. And then, you know, something happens, and then they, so so it goes. Um, I'd like to see how those scenes change if they're not alive at the end of Mass Effect 2. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Just get the worst possible ending on Mass Effect 2 and see how difficult and awkward that makes Mass Effect 3. <laughs> I kind of want to, actually. I want to yeah. go back and re- reload a save and make sure that everybody... Because I forget, you can make it so that everybody but Shepard dies. I forget. No, 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 you can't. Because if everybody but, Se- but Shepard dies, only Joker is there to lift you up. And Joker, Joker can't lift you up because of his bone disease. And so uh-huh. you die. So if it's just Shepard at the end... Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, I. Oh, go ahead, David. I was just going to say, um, this is a little bit going to suggest what I've been playing, but um, that's that's actually something I've been reading a lot about is people talking about you know the dramatically different um, different ways the story can look depending on what you did in the previous games. Uh huh. Um, have you talked with anyone? Have you found you know that sort of scenario? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, talking with people at work, who, you know, who who were playing it, you know, kind of sharing our experiences, and you know, there are big, big scenes, big emotional scenes that you can miss out on if you if 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 that person isn't isn't around, or if things shake out a different way. And there have been some pretty heart wrenching things. I think that what bothers me about it is is being conscious of the fact that you know, there, there's a certain amount of overhead. There's a certain amount of uh, of of operating like encumbrance that they that they have by trying to carry and balance and you know make you feel like the weight and importance of two games worth of decisions prior mm-hmm. to this right and so going into this and knowing that if i just thought about my own single you know my my own single thread my own single you know kind of trip down the flow chart it would be fine but 
thinking about this game the way that I do, I can't help but notice, you know, like, oh, this had to be modular at this point because, oh, there was a chance that that character couldn't have been there, right? So, yeah. you know, so, so as opposed to, as opposed to just being in the moment and enjoying it, it's kind of like, I find myself thinking, how could this have been different if I had let Rex live, you know? Interesting. <laughs> See, where it struck me was, um, you know, when I took a class on folklore, one of the things they talked about was the idea, um, the degree to which, um, folklore is always, um, community driven and an important part of that is, you know, different people who are there filling in different parts of the story. Uh-huh. And it seemed, it seemed like to a certain degree that's kind of what they had accomplished with this, with, you know, talking to other players and them being able to fill in the, um, the parts of the story that you had missed and vice versa. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I guess that would be, uh, I, I, I guess that would do it. And maybe it's because I'm not seeing the whole yet. You know, I haven't, I haven't finished it. But even having not finished it, I mean, have you guys seen the stuff about the, uh, about the ending of Mass Effect? Yeah, I was, well, that, I was, I was going to ask, uh, after, after we kind of finished this thread, if you were yeah. going to buy the quote, <laughs> good ending, which, wait, are they going to make I you buy it? Thought, yeah, they're going to make you buy it. Oh, tell me, tell me this story. I'm sorry. Go, go, go ahead and let, let the listeners know. Yeah, I, I, so this is, I think, breaking as of today. Um, so we're, we're actually fairly current for once. <laughs> um, but BioWare has announced that uh, based on fan feedback, they will be developing um, additional uh, DLC endings, or maybe ending singular, um, that is somehow rectifies the end of the game, which has gotten a lot of uh, negative reaction from fans. Uh and so I think this is this is completely unprecedented. Uh, one that that uh, a a medium for art, and I, you know I believe that's what video games are. Any uh, any medium would would change its foundational story um, based on fan reaction. And uh, and I'd Except really love for to every movie ever, but <laughs> well, I, I mean post release, let's say. You know, post widespread release, and not only that, but say, okay, you can pay to get the quote-unquote good ending, or the ending that most fans seem to have wanted and been denied. So I, I, I'm kind of interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Um, obviously, David and myself haven't played the game. Cole, you're partway through, so I think this is a very pure discussion. Uh, none of us knowing how the, the game turns out. I mean, do you feel that this is a step backwards in in games as art and games having a story to tell, or do you feel like this is the ultimate expression of games as an interactive medium? You know, I really liked the sound of music, except for that part where they got sold out to the Nazis. Um, so I paid the extra five <laughs> bucks, you know, at the at the at the admissions ticket, and uh, you know, they, I, I I you know I left at the intermission and I came back for the altered second part where they got to stay in Austria forever and it was nothing but Edelweiss and you know screwing nuns and you know, <laughs> all, all all of that kind of stuff. Uh, this is asinine. This is stupid. No, nothing. No, nothing in Mass Effect is unintentional. Okay. They, no matter how bad the ending may have seemed to you, no matter how unsatisfying the ending may have seemed to you, they did it. That was that was the artist's intention at the first place. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. um, No Country for Old Men is a fantastic movie that has an ending that a lot of people were unsatisfied with. The Sopranos ended in a very unsatisfactory way for a lot of people, um, <laughs> and on and on down the line. 
just uh you know having not seen it it could be the most asinine ending ever but it's uh, asinine is the word of the week i'm sorry it's so but fitting I get, that, I get caught like, into it no but just kind of like why would they cave why would they cave because this sets a precedence right yeah it does okay maybe yeah. the precedent was set with with uh with fallout 3 when they, you know, retcon the ending and, you know, with the with the, with you know the DLC to extend it on and give you more, you know, give you more to do. I don't. It's I I don't know. But that that feels different. That feels less reactionary. And this feels like spineless on the part of uh, on the part of uh, on the part of Bioware. It really does. I mean, what do you guys think? I guess to play devil's advocate, I'd go back to the folklore thing. I think um, storytelling's communal. And so I think the community can theoretically decide that it ended differently. However, that being said, I think that only works if that's done in a meaningful way, not just, you know, like, uh, you know, that, that only works if there, if there was a good reason for changing the ending. And, you know, you know it doesn't work if it's just, Oh, we want to um, set up for, you know, pull a pull a Halo three. Oh, he doesn't yeah. actually die because we want more sequels. <laughs> yeah, I, basically that's what it boils down to. I, my opinion is, and this is very very cynical, but at its heart, EA knows they can sell this ending, and so they will. And, Wait, is, uh, this, is this made by EA? That completely changes things. It's published by EA, right? Yeah, it's it's published by EA. I mean, but EA owns Bioware. Okay. Yeah. And so, I don't know. So, I guess that that for me just feels really, really outlandish that they would chase dollar signs. In my opinion, now maybe this truly is a response to fans. But what does that say that if you scream loud enough on the internet that a, you know, a corporation that has artistic intent should and will say, Oh, oops, sorry, sorry here. Like, dude, I, I need to get my caps lock on and go change a whole bunch of games. If that's the case. Starting with borderlands. <laughs> yeah, that actually would so, be first on my list. True. Truly though. I mean, so suppose we assume that the the ending is of a Borderlands s quality, then would that be um, valid to change it? Or like, what if it's a Jack um what is a Jack three ending, where uh, I mean spoilers, but you know old old game, the precursors that are these legendary powerful beings are actually the little Otzel type things. <laughs> I actually kind of liked that ending. I I loved it. Well, that was more. I mean, I think. Jack and Daxter took itself significantly less seriously than Mass Effect. It's still an ending that pissed people off. Um, I liked it, but I mean, Naughty, you don't see Naughty Dog saying, oh, sorry, we're going to change things around. I don't know. I just, I, I take, I take exception to the idea that, that, an, that a bad ending can ruin the entire experience. I, re- yeah. I really do. I don't, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I've never, I've never felt burned by it, by, by an ending. Like I felt like, like, like something has been cheap or lazy, like the, oh, it was all a dream, you know, kind of thing. But even that can be done really well. That's, you know, case in point, Jacob's Ladder, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, right. it just, it's, oh, wait, which one? The, not the, not the biblical story, the, 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 because Tim I mean, that's also applies to the biblical story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm talking about the Tim Robbins movie, which might as well be gospel. Okay. Love that movie. Um, <laughs> well, I, I just realized that, that that truly does apply to both. That's kind of weird. Okay, go on. 
<laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, let me, let me ask you guys this. Uh, if they, if they said, we're going to release this ending, if you really want it, you can pay for it, but it is definitely not canon. Would that, would that, uh, ease the blow at all? Or do you think that would recover any of the, the, the love lost? It would make me feel better if they, if they yeah, <laughs> because it would show some backbone on their part, you know? Because I'm imagining, okay, here's, here, here's the thing. For people to be upset about this ending, it has to be something that it feels like it's out of their control. All right? Yeah, sure. Um, because, because, you know, a, a large part of Mass Effect is that you make your own story as you go. It's informed by the decisions that you make. So there has to be something that happens regardless of what you do that, uh, that is, that, that is uh, either ill-explained or, um, you know, just not, not, not to your liking. So let's just say, you know, the most obvious one being like Shepard dies for no reason. I have, I have no idea. I haven't played it. If that's if that's an inadvertent spoiler, I'm very sorry. I'll know in about 30 hours. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay, so I can I can I can understand that. But even then, that is an even more intentional choice. It's something that they wanted to be part of the lore. It's something that's part of that's part of the you know the part of the story. It's part of the arc. Um, and if people want to be stupid and get the happy, you know, ending where everybody shits, you know, shits root beer and, uh, you know, rides on rainbows. Um, I don't, I just, yeah, let them have it, but at least let Bioware and let the writers, you know, let, let, let Casey Hudson makes it, you know, make a stand for God's sake. I'm kind of interested to see what, you know, what the ending is just because like, you know, maybe it's because, you know, I have a tendency to you know, watch a lot of, like, foreign action movies which don't like happy endings, but, like, the whole thing with, like, the hero dying, saving the day, wouldn't bother me at all. In fact, that would probably be a pretty good ending. I'd be interested to see exactly what it is, you know, that got people so pissed. What if the ending was Reaper's win? Or Reaver's win? Reaper's? Reaver's? Reaper. Reaper. It's, it's, the, it's the Reaper's. Reapers? Oh yeah. Yes. So what? What if that's the end? The re- Reapers win. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, I <laughs> I don't Depends know how I feel. Depends if it's setting up for a sequel. I I I'll give you like if they just arbitrarily like you know you could you could make endings to this that truly would deserve a different ending. I mean, let's say Shepard dies, Reapers win, and uh, you know the it was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like know. how 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 bad can we go before uh before it's worth changing? Yeah, so I, I, still, I will be I curious. Still think you can't get much worse than freaking Borderlands. <laughs> I've never I've never beaten Borderlands, so I, I have I have no context for what you're saying. Oh, don't don't bother. I just I just hope the second <laughs> you, game has you a better. Care? Not really. No, I mean uh, basically you. Okay, find well, let's let's say to the audience, uh, skip forward thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, you find out during the very last boss fight that you're actually trying to save the entire universe. Okay. And then you do. Well, how is that different than any Final Fantasy game? Touche. <laughs> what Final Fantasy game has had decent plot? But um, oh, Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, no, like it's it's just um you you get done. I I think the other thing is uh the fact that um they you know, you've been trying to gain untold riches, and as a consolation prize, they um, give you the key to the vault, which you can turn into 
an archaeologist for like um, 23,000 credits, which by that point in the game is like your average drop from a single enemy. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's, I think it's also kind of the, the insultingness of like the final reward. Oh. But anyways, it's a really bad ending. Yeah. To, yeah, answer, it, to answer your question, Dennis, like, go ahead. I, I was relieved to hear you say that it's a purchasable thing and that I can ignore it. Sure. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was worried when I first heard this story and when I saw you toot about it, actually, I was worried that they were going to patch it in. And I was, I was thinking like, okay, oh, well, God. shit, now I have to beat this game within a week so I can actually get the ending they wanted me to get. So it's it's like it's gonna be like um, inverse um, Star Wars, you know. Instead of everyone just ignoring Episode One, we'll all just ignore Episode, you know, three point five. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cole, have you been playing anything else? Um, I tried to play a little bit of Silent Hill Downpour um, today. Actually, um, I, oh, yeah. I, I picked that up uh, when it came out um, last week, and uh, <laughs> I had I had a I had an hour to kill between jobs today and uh sat down i popped uh i popped a, a frozen pizza in for dinner and i i popped silent hill downpour into my playstation 3 and i was like okay i've you know i've got an hour here to kill so realistically i have 45 minutes to play mm-hmm. um and then proceeded to do a system update and an install <laughs> oh. <laughs> on my playstation 3 um which ate up a good 20 minutes of that so um it looks okay i guess i don't know i don't have a lot to say about it yeah um you know it's it's probably going to be um if i'm going to be honest a profoundly mediocre experience that i'm going to rave about because it is a silent hill game (laughs) (laughs) at least you're honest i mean i'm honest with myself i mean if i'm lying to i mean i'll I'll lie to you guys but i won't lie to me (laughs) you know um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no no i mean it seems it's it seems fine you know, so I, I don't know i'm a little bit upset because like uh near the start you you walk by a, a like a radio and a gas station that's ah. playing that's playing the uh and, and you know has, has some static on it and it's playing the uh the sad piano music from silent hill 2 after maria dies oh really yeah that dun 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 like, yeah you don't have the right to use that music <laughs> That's a specific thing. What are you going to do? Throw a pyramid head at me next? Maybe. <laughs> I don't do know. Do you know that they don't? I, I, I have no idea. I went. I, I Just like with Mass Effect 3, I've gone into this one entirely dark. So I have no idea. <laughs> so I, I played about the, uh, the, first, uh, the first, I'd say, 20 minutes of it before I had to leave. Um, it seems okay. Control's really good. Um, control's really good, actually. Uh, the melee now, combat wait, controls really good by horror game standards, or controls really good by any game standards. By good games. Standards. By by any game standards. Um, okay. In in that it controls like a third person shooter, like a oh, like like nice. a like a uh, it controls like a third person shooter of the Uncharted ilk, where it's kind of like quick and fast, not of the uh, Gears of War ilk, where mm. it's uh, where it's kind of slow and lumbery. Um, one thing. So, I will... are, are you playing as someone with any sort of military experience? I know one of the recent Silent Hill games. The big thing was it was the first time playing as someone who knew what the hell they were doing. Uh, that was Homecoming, um, and uh, you're playing as a prisoner. Um, huh. So maybe the game is focused on melee combat more than anything. Um, the Plus little bit of the shivering pyramid heads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, one of the problems I, I actually had with it. Um, and this 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 could be fixed, you know, when you're actually fighting monsters. But there's a sequence near the beginning where you fight a person. Um, but the uh, the melee combat 
Um, it tries a lot to feel like, um, um, I don't know, in an, in an age that's, you know, in a post-Batman Arkham Asylum age, it's really, really unforgivable to do melee combat poorly. Um, yeah. And I didn't feel a lot of impact when I was uh, when I was uh, fighting this dude. So hopefully they can uh, they can they can ramp that up and make it feel more real. Ultimately, it's about the set pieces for any horror game, and ultimately it's about the uh, ultimately it's about the scares. And uh, if if the story is good, um, I'm afraid that by casting you as a prisoner, uh, there's you know they're setting you up for something that's kind of formulaic. Like oh gosh, is he on trial in Silent Hill by the by the, by the purgatorial forces and the and the spirits that dwell there, you know. <laughs> it's like you're on an airplane. Sitting <laughs> at a run- Sorry. That's the episode South Park. Um. Yeah. So that's downpour. Um. Haven't you know gotten too far in that to to, to render judgment, but that's my initial impressions. Controls really well. Um. Looks good. Voice acting is okay. Um. That's that's a really really awful name for a game, though. Downpour? Yeah, like it's like Silent Hill, but more depressing. Like, <laughs> we just want you to know it's going to be a little depressing. In case, in case you weren't sure what, where, where the Silent Hill series is going by now, <laughs> it's going to be kind of dark. No, I've got no problem with it. I've got no problem with them uh, with 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 the uh, with the water uh, mechanic that they're that they're apparently bringing into it. You know, the one thing oh, that okay. I do know maybe, go. Maybe if- Okay, that that's more legit. But it's, it sounds like the title of some like um, I don't know, like more goth poetry. <laughs> <laughs> I you know uh, one of the things that I do know, much like Shattered Memories turned the uh, the other world into an icy world instead of uh, you know fire and blood. Um, this I for from what I understand is more akin to Silent Hill Two, where the dark world quote unquote is uh, flooded and dilapid- flooded and dilapidated. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, so so maybe that's... maybe more in connection with Silent Hill Two than than just the song. Here's hoping. <laughs> yeah. Um, and speaking of Silent Hill Two, if you, I mean, did you guys have any other questions about that? Um, I, I know that any answer will be glowingly positive. <laughs> so I, I need to throw in enough double negatives that possibly I can. Fe- can no, no. I mean, I, I mean, not asking me about Silent Hill Two, but about but about Downpour before I move on to my other thing. Oh, oh, okay, gotcha. Um. <laughs> I had one, and then I lost it. I'm just curious, is there a point at which this series burns out? For me, no. I mean, as someone who has played literally none of the games, it just, it it strikes me as weird that a horror, especially a horror series, would be able to remain um, fresh this long. No, oh, it hasn't remained fresh. I mean, they, they've, 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 they've definitely tried to vary it up. Um, so, you know, to, in some ways more successful than others, shattered memory, successful, uh, the room not being so, so successful, uh, origins being pretty me- mediocre. Um, you know, I can recommend good entry points, but, uh, it's just one of those things where I will remain irrationally, uh, devoted to it no matter what. So you can't really, I, you can't really trust my opinion on it, honestly. No, I, I have my question though. I, so you mentioned Silent Hill too, and that actually threw me off of it. Um, what I was going to say is I, I know that you know in Silent Hill 2, that first 20 minutes s- does so much to set up the rest of the game. I mean, you know, and that's kind of a hard standard to live up to. But do you feel like Downpour attempts to do that? Do they throw you right into the horror? Or uh, no, I mean it's pretty cutscene heavy. Like it shows you being mm-hmm. like you're like the, the the plot is you're being transferred from uh, from the prison that you're in to a maximum security prison. And it starts off with like a lot of cutscene stuff, 
you know, where you're walking around this prison, uh, things like that. It, it, it in no way measures up to how awesome the intro to Silent Hill 2 was, honestly. Um, and so like the, like the, uh, when you're in the bus on the transfer on the way to the new prison, you pass through Silent Hill, but, uh, you know, Silent Hill, uh, the streets tend to turn into bottomless chasms and the, uh, the bus veers off the road and crashes. And then you are, uh, left to your own devices as to escape into the town. Um, escape, right. That's the right word. For yeah. It. To escape into Silent Hill. Cause that always works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. So I thought Silent Hill at some point got like wiped off the map or something. I thought that was kind of the plot. Yeah, that was Raccoon City. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was Raccoon City. That was nuked at the end of Resident Evil Three. Nuking um, for more, but it's the only way to be sure. <laughs> Except for four, five, and soon to be six. So um, I've also played the Silent Hill uh, HD HD collection a little bit. Um, right. It's a little bit frustrating because I had to play, not had to, it makes it sound like a chore. I played Silent Hill 2 for uh, Watch Out for Fireballs, the other uh, video game podcast that I do on this network. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that it was going to be out in time for me to play the HD version of Silent Hill 2. Um, but no, they had to delay it by two weeks. So I ended up having to play the regular edition. So I beat that on the PS2 um, while I've been staying in hotels and stuff. You know, I'm the kind of person who I wrap my, uh, I wrap my, um, my remote in the hotel with the uh, ice ice bucket liner. Um, so I figured if I am so inured to the horror of Silent Hill 2, Wait, I might as why well... do you do that? Uh, because it's been in somebody's ass, David. Okay, okay. That's where you're going with that. <laughs> so, oh my so, God. so um, yeah, so playing it in the hotel did make me a little bit more unnerved. I played it so many times that I'm inured to it, honestly. Uh, but I picked up the HD collection anyway, because I am that kind of person. Um, and I have two observations about it. Silent Hill 2, um, at the beginning, you have an option to pick either new voices or old voices. Um, the old voices being the uh, the beloved, terrible VO actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and the new voices being, uh, quote-unquote, pro- professional voice actors. Um, and everybody sounds good except for James. James, he, he, his voice is deeper. It has more gravity to it. I don't associate that kind of voice with him. Like, James in Silent Hill 2 sounds like Otacon, but a little bit more masculine mm-hmm. and a little bit more detached. <laughs> uh, yeah, Otacon from uh, Metal Gear. Um, not, the, not the actual uh, otaku convention. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, but in this, he, he's, he's got kind of like a bit of gravel to his voice, and it just seems so, it seems so unnatural coming out of him. So I don't know how to, I don't know how to feel about that, honestly. Um, everybody else does sound much better, but he, uh, they made some weird choices with him. So uh, they the, took him to like a darker place or? No, no, they just darker made it like, <laughs> again, a Wayne's World 2 reference. Um, but they, 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 <laughs> they, they switched him out from a bad actor to a good actor. Um, and, uh, it just, uh, it, it sounds out of place to me as somebody who's used to it. If somebody's coming to it first, it would probably sound much better to them. I'm sure the acting is much better, but, uh, to me, it just, it feels, it feels, uh, insincere and inauthentic. Um, so I'll need to, uh, play more of it to, uh, to get a better, to get a better feeling and the, the performance could win me over. Um, but, uh, the other thing that I will say about it is it looks amazing. Although the games never stopped looking really good, um, mm-hmm. when they were, uh, you know, when they were on the PS2, um, as, as, uh, you know, I could say it, I just played the PS2 version <laughs> a little while ago. It still looked amazing. Um, it looks great in widescreen. It looks great in high definition. Um, everything does look fantastic. My only problem with it. And this is super nitpicky, but it runs at 60 frames per second. 
Should it run at more? No, it should run at 24 frames per second. Because <laughs> if you are running, if you're running something with film grain over it and you put it at 60 frames per second, it looks like, it looks like a soap opera is what uh. it looks like. Everything, no matter what, if you're going for Silent any... Hill, the soap opera. <laughs> awesome. That'd be Twin Peaks, but, um, <laughs> but if, um... but no, I just, I, I guess what I'm saying is if you're going for anything with a cinematic presentation, everything that is shot like movie wise is shot at 24 frames per second. And that is exactly what you should lock it at. Call of Duty, any kind of professional shooter or anybody who wants to play a game on PC and measure the mm-hmm. length of their penis by the, by the CPU cycles that they have and the thing they can get 120 frames per second like it's more than the refresh rate like that's fine but if you're trying to present something that you know you're going to take serious visually lock it at 24 24 frames per second i don't care i don't care if it's a back-of-the-box feature but yeah so that is something that i only and people like me would notice but it is something that's disappointing and i wish it was an option yep interesting (laughs) choose choose your frame rate (laughs) exactly does Mass Effect, uh, particularly one, do something weird with like um, some sort of cinematic watchmedingos or something. Yeah, Mass Effect one has film grain over it uh, because it's trying to look like late seventies sci-fi. Okay, it's it's just really annoying because whenever I like run or turn quickly, everything gets all like you know slightly drunk looking. Uh, you can turn off the motion blur and the in the uh, in the options. Okay. It just seems like they they have a very very vague different definition of like what they define like enough motion for motion blur to be. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a little okay. bit weird. Um so yeah, that's uh, the the HD collection. I still recommend it cuz it's the it's the two best Silent Hill games, 2 and 3. So, okay, I was going to say what all is what all is in there? Yeah, 2 and 3. Um 2 and 3. Yeah. Any Which bonus one content? Three? Uh, three was one with the one where you played as the uh, the teenage girl. You played as Heather. Don't don't spoil anything. By the way, I have that game in my drawer, and I've been scared to play oh, okay. it. So okay. I'm working up the I'm working up the courage. Yeah, I'll play it. It's so it's so damn good. Um, have you played the first Silent Hill, um, Dennis? No, I haven't. No, you might want to you might want to download it on PSN and play that first. Okay. Because okay. three, three is a direct sequel to to uh, to one. Ah, I see. Yeah. Any reason that one was left off the HD collection? Just said it was developed for PlayStation One. Oh, uh, okay, fair. Yeah, uh, two, two, and three were the were the two good games that were developed for PlayStation Two. <laughs> I love Silent Hill Four to the bottom of my heart. I think it's an amazing story, but I understand why people don't like it. So, is that the room? Yes. I see. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Um, yeah. And you also really like House of Leaves, which may bias you even more. <laughs> yep. Uh, exactly. Oh, um, and uh, that's been it for me, honestly. Very cool. Yeah. Well, so, so Silent Hill and, and Mass Effect 3. Yeah, both. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> exactly. And, and it's, it's been, and it's, it's, been a, it's been a core week for you. Exactly. Returning to, returning to my core competencies, the two things I can never stop talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, wait, never... wait, wait. Um, can we find some way to segue into Breaking Bad just to complete the... <laughs> just, you just say it, like saying limo. You just say Breaking yeah, Bad. you just say Breaking Bad. Yeah. yeah there we, ta-da. That's all it takes. <laughs> you tricked me, damn it. <laughs> well, uh, how about you, David, since have you, been, have you been in your core competencies or have you been experimenting? Um, Wow. You make that sound very weird. 
Um, I like that. <laughs> I've been playing um, a couple of things. Um, I I've been trying, um, inspired by Cole, to go back and beat some of my backlog. Um, so I re-downloaded uh, Mass Effect uh, Three, or, or rather Mass Effect One, um, after my um, oh previous computer died. I lost everything, so I'm starting over. Great game, other than the weird visual effects. I know I'm I, I'm finding actually that I remembered very little of it. So. Um, so I guess that's kind of a good thing because it's not annoying playing through. Um, right now, I'm just about to um, leave the uh, what is it the what they call the the UN space UN. Yeah, the Citadel. Citadel. Yeah, I'm right about to um, leave that. Which I don't know. Um, at least my first playthrough, like a lot of the Citadel, was some of my favorite stuff from the game. There's just a lot of very good missions for it. Yeah. Um, I do find it a little weird that um, when I previously played through this stuff, it was several years ago, and um, like my political views have changed a lot. And I find <laughs> it weird that a lot of the um, missions and like scenarios come across very differently to me now. Huh. Yeah, if you if you go into Mass Effect, especially Mass Effect One, and replace humanity with America, uh, you will right. still have a cogent story. <laughs> right. Well, well, I mean, especially like in the uh, first game, or the, well, rather the first time I played through it, you know, the the Spectres seem like fairly fairly standard, you know, um, uh, cowboy power fantasy thing. But you know, after after um, you know. Living through several more years of the you know post nine eleven Patriot Act stuff like that, the whole idea of um oh of you know being above the law for the greater good comes across as very very different. So I yeah I think I think it probably speaks positively to a game that you know it's able to bring up those issues anyways. Um, and so, so pro tip: if if you listening have have not played Mass Effect in a while and have undergone any major major life changes, uh, go back. You'll get a completely different experience. Isn't that true for everything, though? I mean, there there was a study that done recently, and uh, and I only know this because of uh, those damn Ross kids. Uh, we did a story on that, but you know, we we tend to revisit works of fiction that we that we, that we like uh just you know just because part of the experience of revisiting is you you're at a different point of your life and you get more out of it. I so, will not go back to episode 1 of Star Wars Cole. <laughs> <laughs> not even if it's in 3D? No, <laughs> especially not if it's in 3D. No, like, like the you know, the first time Jar Jar <laughs> the the first time I watched uh, Synecdoche, in New York, I I cried. And then the next time I watched Next in New York, I was like, oh, God, this is me. This is me. Oh, my God, this is me. I cried more. <laughs> and the third time, could you pronounce it? Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. There you go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie. Watch it. It's great. Charlie Kaufman. Um, I'll get there right after Blues Brothers and Wayne's World. <laughs> this might be more essential. Hmm. I know it's heresy, but yeah. Uh, but. Oh, go on. Good, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, I do have to say, I, I managed to find a mission I didn't like. Um, 
Do you remember the uh, the whole mission line with the um, oh the the chick who's trying to infiltrate the uh, the strip club basically? No, she's uh, she's like her her sister basically. Uh, oh you know, she, yeah, um, yeah. Like she she yeah. she thinks the sister is being held there against her will. No, uh, fans complain that there wasn't enough hotness in Mass Effect 1, so Bioware uh, patched in new content. Yeah. Wow. No, um, no. well, I just don't like it because, one, like, when you're going in, you know, she's trying to investigate the, um, the links to organized crime in the thing, and when you go in to speak with her, you have no choice but to boneheadedly, like, announce, you know, like... Hey, this is dangerous. Why don't I blatantly, you know, you know, imply that you may or may not be undercover and working for the cops? Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I didn't like that. Um, also, again, to um, to you know, maybe get to my views of it. I didn't like then that you get out and they're like, and they're like, oh well, you know, we really need you to take down this person because he has guns and guns are bad. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I know. I just, I didn't, I didn't like them assuming what the, uh, what the more choice would be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess that's anything where they were, where, where you're dealing with morality. There's uh there's certain norms that the, that the writer will expect. Right. right. But yeah. overall, overall, very good, very good uh, voice acting, very good yeah. presentation. Did you get to any of the vehicle parts in either of your playthroughs? Um, I did in the first one, and it uh, the first time I played through, and it was just very mediocre. That's that's what I've heard about them. Yeah, the the game really really starts honestly once you get off of the Citadel, like the 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 actual like meat and bones of of the of the game are, are the uh, the three planets that you have to go to, um, right. And if I'm going to make an honest-to-God recommendation to you, honestly, um, it would be to put combat on easy um, and uh, get through Mass Effect 1 as quickly as possible uh, while enjoying the story as much as possible, um, sure. just so you can have a character to bring into Mass Effect 2, honestly. That's yeah, uh, I, that's my recommendation. Um, one thing I did want to ask, um, just for interest's sake, is what, what was your uh, team for... Mass Effect One, or did did you have a solid, uh, uh, consistent team? Um, my team for Mass Effect One, um, I, I I rolled as a as a female Shepard uh, Vanguard, uh, so biotics and soldier uh, mix, and my, uh, uh, my my companions I rolled with uh, with Garrus, who is tech and soldier, and then uh, and then Liara for uh, pure biotic, and uh, that uh, that 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 served me pretty well, honestly. Um. I currently have a set male shepherd um with the the soldier um set up and then um oh uh, running with uh also Gar- Garius, however you pronounce his name, and then Ashley. Okay. Which ends up basically making the team, you know, very, very, very combat heavy, um and very, very poor at surviving gunfire. <laughs> <laughs> but um I don't know. Um, I found it interesting. Like, there's there's a large gap where I don't know. I I just chose people based on who I thought was interesting. Yeah. Which I don't know. I think is 
I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if that works out. Is is Mass Effect, and, and pardon me, because I'm struggling to remember from Mass Effect 2, is Mass Effect like uh, Dragon Age in that, depending on who's in your party, you'll get different banter while walking around? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. And that, yeah, so I, I pretty much chose based on, like, whose opinion of things I'm here. <laughs> That's funny. I, um... Uh... I had a I had a good time. I, I like that my team in Mass Effect One is the exact same as my team in Mass Effect Three. Okay. Ah, interesting. I mean, that's I I hope that's not spoiling anything. But you you know, a lot of your team from in Three is is the same as as your team in One. See so. that I'm gonna be honest to see because that's something that actually I don't look forward to in um. In Mass Effect 2 is the fact that my understanding is the character roster is pretty much almost completely different. Yeah, um, it's pretty much it's, it's pretty much completely different, but almost all of them are uh, um, incredibly incredibly interesting. So yeah, so I'm I'm gonna be interested to see once I get to it whether I care um, yeah, or you not. You will. You will. I mean, I it's. Oh, I, I, I don't I don't rather, like taking these for granted. Whether it whether it bothers me that. Oh. Okay. Okay. I got you. Um. So yeah, so far so good. Um, Joker is a badass. Um, <laughs> Seth Green. Is that who that is? Yeah, it's Seth Green. Oh, okay. Yeah, now you like him more. Yeah. <laughs> no, Joker's my Joker's uh, definitely one of my favorite characters in the games and in, 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 in the series, honestly. If not my if not my favorite, um, neck and neck with uh, with Garrus and Tally. Mm-hmm. Give that son of a bitch an assault rifle. Let's get him out in the field. <laughs> Assault rifle plus wheelchair equals terrifying. <laughs> equals always moving backwards. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, uh, let's see. I've been playing a lot of um, World of Warcraft. Now, did you go back to World of Warcraft as as a part of uh, a reset, a refresh, or new content, or did you just kind of come back to explore? Um. Well, um, I do. Um, I do it to keep in um, contact with some friends from um, Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Dominantly. So I've been playing off and on. I leveled up um, one class hunter real high, but in the most recent expansion, they changed um, pretty much all the classes. And generally speaking, the changes were for the better. But one of the effects was um, the hunter class became very, very focused on micromanagement as its gameplay style. You know, it's very much, um, uh, you know, it has a v- quickly recharging but very short mana bar. So it, it um, really the entire focus of playing the class was on knowing you know, what I'm going to need in the next several seconds. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't like that degree of micromanagement. So, hmm. so now I'm rolling something new. Nice. So. Very cool. And I'd say the last thing, I actually, I downloaded the demo of, um, oh, uh, wait, it's, you know, Kingdoms of, King, uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, the dumbest I'm, I'm name of the game. I'm just gonna go with um, Kingdoms of generic fantasy name. Recognizing, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but 
I, you know, I just, you know, just this evening downloaded the demo, been playing it. Um, so this is extremely first impressions, but seems like I have, have either of you looked at this though? I've heard people talk about it, honestly, and I've, I've, my interest is a little bit peaked. Um, not so much because of the, the, the game itself, but because R.A. Salvatore wrote it. Um, right. which I mean, I, I know he's not the, the, the best writer in the entire world, but I read a lot of his stuff in high school. Yeah. Um, I so mean, I've, I've been a little bit, yeah. I've been a little bit curious of it because, you know, because of that. Um, but, uh, but man, I can't get past that name. It just, it just, it, it's Teflon. It doesn't stick in my head at all. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just incredibly generic fantasy, which, um, at least from the storyline so well, so far, I'm actually really liking the storyline they're going with, just because it seems incredibly generic fantasy. <laughs> like, you know, you go in, and the basic plot is that the um, fey elf folks are um, fighting all the other races because, you know, they, they're immortal because they're elves, and... Your character dies, but is brought back to life with magic, and that gives them like crazy powers. And I don't know, just just the overall look of it and the storytelling style, it just strikes me as you know, getting back to very basic, like high fantasy type storyline, which you know is kind of refreshing. What um, about the, the actual... whole fate thing? I have not gotten to that thing so far, other than to the degree that it's apparently their excuse for a classless system. Hmm. Um, like, like communism? <laughs> yes. This is actually a game about, yeah, communism. V.I. Lenin. I am the walrus. Um, oh sorry. my god, Alamore is just an anagram for <laughs> communism. No, that does not fit it at all. I was <laughs> trying to think of something that had even remotely the similar letters. And... Literally none of the letters. It's I, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to see where you two go with this. I word you no points. Um, oh, sad. No, but um, it just seems like a very, very action-y um, fighting style so far. Um, it's Fable, right? Yeah, yeah, actually, that's probably the best way to describe it. It comes across a lot like Fable. It's got, you know, where you can fairly easily switch between magic and melee. Um, at, you know, a lot of that look. Um, seems to have a fair amount of um, focus on details that I like. Um, some of this is nerdy stuff. Um, I've I've been doing a lot of... Um, uh, martial arts sword stuff recently so like I like the fact that when you sheath your um, sword you actually press it down into the sheath to lock it um, you know so it's got, got a lot of focus on detail a lot of stuff that you know makes makes the attacks and stuff feel you know have some weight behind them yeah well so. I mean big things is made of little things right exactly how, we'll how, see. How many... um, I actually, the way I found this is I saw the uh, the fellow who created it um, interviewed on the news, and he just you know seemed like a very entertaining guy that seemed to very really en- have enjoyed making the game. And I don't know. I think that's usually a good a good first you know first uh, step to you know finding a game that's good. So. 
Nice. How many, how many, I don't, I don't know if you said how many hours or minutes or whatever are you into it? Probably about one. Very, very, yeah. very. Unfortunately, uh, Steam decided to crap out on me. But Well, that's the weird thing about the demo, right? Is that it gives you like 45 minutes to play, like, and you can do whatever you want. So it's not content locked, it's time locked, right? I, I think it's, um, you can play the, um, the intro plus 45 minutes. Okay. Hmm. So, like, they, they let you through the introductory storyline. Right. Uh, the other thing that's interesting is it seems like maybe it's trying to get a little bit of the uh, the grittiness um, thing going on. Like uh, Dragon Age gritty? Or... Just, like... Have there been arrows to the knee? <laughs> God, I told you. Moratorium. <laughs> Nothing. Nix. Ixnay. You're not allowed. No. Hey, no, he, he's in charge this time. You already established mm, that. Son of a bitch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Stream break, no rules. It's meme night. No. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's meme night down at the podcast alley. Uh, no, just like, um, you know, they seem to really um, be putting forth an effort to, you know, throw around a little bit of blood. Um, you have some rotting corpses, you know, stuff like that. Um. I've I haven't been gone far enough to tell if that's actually going to be a thing. I know in the interview the the guy referenced um really liking God of War and wanting to draw in some of that sort of thing, so I'm gonna be be interested to see. But so, I don't know, so far like just that I don't know, the the game as a whole comes across to me as I don't know if this is a good word to describe it, but very very adorable. <laughs> you well, know, in, in that, like, it reminds me a lot of, like, like you know, when I was in high school and middle school, like, the fantasy stories I, I liked and, like, what a game would look like if I made a game back then. It's precocious. Yeah. Yeah. So, nice. so I mean that in a very positive way. Okay. <laughs> oh, look, look at the little game. Look at the blood spray. <laughs> look at the little look at the look at the little wagon of plague corpses. <laughs> have you have you been playing anything else? No, there's been the main things, you know, been keeping on with Saints Row, but that's it's Saints Row. Which is so you mean you're saying it's more of the same, which for Saints Row means just completely all over the place stuff. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I mean, once you get to, you know, a chase scene involving blindfolded gimps. <laughs> and that, that, that hasn't even been some of the weirdest things that have happened in this game. So good. I, I, think, I, think, I think my favorite so far truly has been the, um, the, the short quest line where you, at a party, get attacked by assassin strippers <laughs> and then as revenge go to infiltrate said like pseudo creepy bondage strip like mega you know the, the, basically the headquarters of your enemy and your teammates decide that the best way to have you infiltrate that would be to drug you up strip you naked and sell you off as a stripper so you off as a sex slave. Yes. Is what so that do. the entire so that you're playing 
probably the the most intense gunfight that the game's had up to that point. While you're drugged up, so your um target, uh, your aiming is just randomly wavering all over the place, and you just like fall over randomly. And you're entirely naked too. Yes, you're also entirely yeah. naked. You, that, it's like, don't forget that. It's like Eastern Promises, except infinitely less like competent. <laughs> Am I the only person who has seen Eastern Promises? Yes. God damn it! No, that's a good movie. Uh, Viggo Mortensen he plays a, a Russian mobster, and there's a there's a very famous scene where he's uh, he's he's naked in a in like a like a shower like a bathhouse, and he's accosted by Russian assassins, and he fights them oh, off. Oh, Sashi fi- style. He, he, he fights them off like completely naked, and it's like the most visceral, awesome fight scene ever. It's great. Huh. So I've I've gotten like six movies that I need to see over the course of one episode. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm a you know. I'm, if, no, no. I think if we go much longer, I'm going to have like a movie's top one hundred. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the AFI Film Institute top one hundred. Yep. The only oh. one you need to see is the Shawshank Redemption. That's it. That's the only movie anybody ever needs to see. Tom was you could watch only one movie. <laughs> God damn it! Are <laughs> you a person who can get things? And then you need to come uh, back to Mansfield and see Shawshank. Exactly. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I, I do need to get out to Mansfield. I feel like I've I've I, I've got such a history there without ever being there. So. <laughs> we'll show we'll show you a good time. We'll show you a good time. So by by which you mean we'll hang out in your mom's basement and go to bed at eight. <laughs> yeah. I'm still here. You have no right to. You have no right to make. Okay. So uh, I guess that uh, I'm the I'm the only one left. Unless unless Ben decides to. God damn! Did we both do the same thing? Who what? We we both David and I said, and then there was one. Ah. That was yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was going to say unless Ben decides to sweep in at the last minute. to save the day, wait, but wait for it. Wait for it. We might be waiting for a while. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> we can wait until he wakes up. You know, <laughs> there's you know no, no responsible adults in the room. So, but uh, I I'll, I'll do a, a brief synopsis of what I've been playing because it it hasn't changed that much. Um, SSX has still been dominating my life, uh, and uh, a majority of it has has been incredibly good. You actually jogged my memory, Cole. I don't think I touched on this last week, but SSX was a day one release release purchase for me. You know, mm-hmm. I got it the day it came out, went home, plugged it into the PS3, and had a download. <laughs> on day freaking one, I couldn't believe it. Uh, and then, I, so you, know, you talked about needing to download a patch for Downpour, and uh, it's it's just ridiculous that that's that's commonplace now. And I know David, as, the PC gamer, is is laughing. No, no, I'm laughing because as a software engineer, we do it because we hate you. <laughs> there's, there's no reason. We knew it. Bald contempt. Bald contempt. Yeah. So that that um that was infuriating. I've also noticed that the the loading screens are just a little bit too long. So, you know, I'm getting to a point where I'm I'm trying to be very competitive. And that requires a lot of restarting if I don't hit the lines that I want. Um, oh, yeah. And and just having to wait that extra, you know, it's probably only a 10-second load time. Um, yeah, around that I would say is average. But 
still it just feels you know just a little bit longer than it should be or than it needs to be uh and for all the games that i've played where you know they they had the foresight to understand you'd be restarting a lot and it's nearly instant i really don't understand what what the holdup is the holdup Especially- is now, mm. now i'm going to do it the holdup is that you're playing on a console not on a pc <laughs> we knew it had to come out somewhere uh, maybe, maybe, I guess that's it, but it's some, it, it is, it's, some RAM. it's also, it's especially, it's especially annoying because the events are time bound. So I, I don't think I had delved into multiplayer when I talked about it last. Um, and now I'm learning that that is the real meat of the game. Um, at any given time, there are 20, uh, or so events going on, uh, around the globe. And, uh, well, I guess the first thing that's so cool is that the the tracks that you go down in the in the main campaign mode, while there's a lot of them, are only about I, I would say half, maybe less, of the total tracks in the game. And so you really do need to think of campaign as a tutorial because there are so many tracks um, that I just never seen before. Uh, and and to this day, you know, I'm as I'm going around and playing, uh, I'll just randomly find new tracks, and that's really really cool. Um, but anyway, at any given time, about 20 of them will have events and most of these events have a drop cost and a time limit. Um, all of them have time limits. And so, you know, some will last for an hour, some will last for, I think the longest one I've seen is a two week event. And in that time, anyone can join, anyone who can pay the drop cost can join and, and then, you know, try to post a high score. And they they sort you by brackets um, according to your score. Uh, kind of there's there's a did not place bracket where you lose all of your money. Uh, there's a bronze bracket where you recoup about I would say 60% of your money, uh, and then everything above that silver and up. Uh, I think it's silver, gold, platinum, and diamond. Um, you you get higher and higher uh, returns on your investment. Uh, and so one of the most enjoyable things that I've done is hopping into these events with, uh, with, you know, 10 minutes to go. And so that way, you know, the brackets are pretty well established. I know what scores I have to get to get a a good payout. And it's this really intense, like drop in and you, you have to perform. Um, and when, when you're actually paying, that's what, okay. I'm not, I'm not touching that. Don't go there. Don't go there. He just did. (laughs) <laughs> we just want you to know that we could have. <laughs> We're gonna faint in that direction. Um, Juke. Yeah, but it, it's got this almost—I won't call it gambling feel to it, but there's that addictive nature because you are investing. Yeah. You're, you know, you're paying to participate. Granted, in you know, space bucks in in I think they call it SSX credits or whatever. That internet's money. <laughs> internet's money, exactly. But the at the main screen, it will show you your total payout, your career earnings, and so uh, you know there's this constant uh, game within the game of of trying to maximize your your earnings, which lines up very well with just wanting to do well at the game. But it uh, <laughs> it, it it takes it to the next level. But regardless, you know when you drop into an event with very little time left, you want to get a good run in, and you want to make sure that the runs you do get in count. And so when you restart and have to wait, it's it's kind of annoying. See, see, I brought that around. It was all that was all one thought. Can you believe it? It just sounds so so incredibly complicated to me for some reason. 
Really? It shouldn't. I, I know it shouldn't. Like, I understand, you know, nothing, you know, nothing wagered, nothing gained, et cetera. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, it, and it sounds like a very potent idea. I mean, it's so potent that, you know, Call of Duty did it with Black Ops, right? Sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 I can, I can, under, I can, I can understand it, but just, uh, for a snowboarding game, I think about like, Ooh, I did a, I did a 360. So I just for 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 me, it's been so long since I've since I've done that extreme sport kind of thing that the closest thing that I could, that I could compare it to is like, uh, like if 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 burnout had you like racing for pink slips or something like that. Sure, yeah, and I think that touches on what probably has me enjoying this game so much is, and I think I touched on this the last time we we talked was that it's really not difficult to throw down massive tricks, right? right. It's not a very technical game as long as you don't do the same trick twice in a row um you're fine like that there's there's no more thought that needs to go into it than that uh it's really about learning and and adhering to the best lines for a slope and and then you know if you mess up your line halfway through a run uh improvising around that to uh to get back on the line or to you know find a new line that that will score you well i I mean is that about time i guess that will score you well so you answered your question before i you know thought of my sentence and completed it (laughs) um but is it about time or is it about score or is it about both every every single drop in the game uh has a trick and a time mode uh with with tricks it's it's purely it's it's weird the way they play together so with tricks, your focus is on, is on getting the score as high as you can, but you get multipliers for going fast. Okay. And oh, in okay. in the racing, you want to get the fastest time you can, but tricks give you boost to go faster. And so the the Physics. modes play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, rocket boards um, <laughs> that are fueled by awesome, apparently. In this in this case, quite literally, uh, <laughs> but the the two modes play incredibly different, but they both incorporate the two core elements of of speed and tricks into them very uh, seamlessly. So the two it's actually pretty cool. Food groups. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's there's actually three. It's it's speed, tricks, and really awkward canned dialogue. <laughs> The voice acting in this game was was like, not a focus. Like like wait a minute, like like cutscenes or like you know like whoa radical. I totally hit well, that tube in a tubular fashion. Yeah, that. So that literally the character that I play as is is called Mac, uh, and I play as him because he has the highest bonus to tricks. I have the, I play as the person with the highest bonus to speed on races, and whenever he lands a big trick, he goes, "I think I'll call that one Mac and Cheese." Oh, no. Can you turn that off? <laughs> I wish you can. Is there can. a cheat code you can do? You can you can skip the horrible cutscenes. You can't skip the dialogue. Uh but overall, I mean just the game and it sounds complicated. It's really very simple uh in execution. So hard to explain, easy to uh easy to do. Right. And uh it's Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, and it's, I was going to say it's totally addictive. To, to give you an idea of the stakes, uh, last night I jumped into a, a drop uh, that had three days. It was a three-day event um, that was a two million credit drop cost. And for reference, you know, I've been playing this game religiously. That was a third of my career earnings. Oh, wow. So two million to get in. And that night, uh, last night, I wasn't able to even place. 
like I was just uh, off my game or learning. It was it was one of those new tracks that I hadn't played before, and I, I couldn't I couldn't put down a good score. And uh, it bothered me all day today. <laughs> like, I, I was I was worried about it. All, like it was just in my head, and I was analyzing like, well, maybe if I go down this way, or what if I try that, or maybe I'll skip this jump and go for the grind instead, and that little line. And like just I couldn't get my mind off it throughout the day. And so I got back, and, and the only reason I'm talking to you right now is I was able to throw down a silver silver medal time, uh, literally three minutes before we started the show. <laughs> so, if I if I hadn't have gotten, you know, I, I for for the longest time I couldn't even get part of my money back by placing in bronze. So if I if I hadn't have gotten uh, that silver medal, I'd, I'd still be there chasing it. Like it's a it's intense because you you know it, it gives you that weight of your investment, and like you said, nothing wagered, nothing gained. Right. Uh, now, is this correct? It sounds like, to a certain degree, it's almost a very strategic game in terms of you know finding the best lines, where the actual tricks are easy, but you know figuring out the lines and the strategy is hard. Yes, that's exactly right. And, and the reason why is that it you get more points for doing one big extended trick rather than throwing together a bunch of small tricks. And so it's really about connecting the dots between big jumps in the level um, rather than, you know, being very technical and being able to throw together a whole bunch of different tricks. Um, I don't know this for a fact, but I think you could simply alternate back and forth between two tricks and get full points the entire time. Hmm. Okay. It's, you know, it's that simple. As long as you don't duplicate a trick, you get full points is my understanding. And it's really about how high you can get in the air and how many rotations you can layer on top of that trick um, that will net you the, the real points. See, that just boggles my mind because like I'm, I, I'm so used to the Tony Hawk method, you know, the Tony Hawk method from 15, from 15 years ago where, 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 where it's, where it's like, it's not, it's not how big of a trick you do or even how many that you do. But it's like let the chain be unbroken. It's how many you can do in a row. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which which is fine because like you know as the series went on, you know through through two and three, which uh, those are the only ones that I acknowledge outside of the first one. Um, they gave you the abilities to you know they gave they gave you more tools to link you know stuff you know between it, so you weren't just you you weren't just geared towards like okay, well can my character grind? Yes, no. If yes, then you yep. can then you can score. If no. Then we'll have have fun, you know, going and have the fun. Wheel, the have wheelies fun. were nice. I remember that. Yeah, the manuals and two, those were really good. Um, yep. And that's actually so. Uh, you you bring in a good point. I, it's the same. Well, I won't say it's the same way. It's similar in SSX, and that combos do dramatically drive up your score. Um, however, you can you can do the the wheelies or the the nolly equivalent on a snowboard. <laughs> um, just by holding down a button, there's no balancing. There's no, you know, trick to it. You just hold down the button, but you sacrifice a lot of your left and right maneuverability. Okay. Uh, so you can very easily chain stuff together as long as you hold the right line. Right. So uh, you know, it, it's uh, hold the line. It's been a, yeah. <laughs> that's that's been the the majority of my gaming time, and as you can tell, except for a few minor things, of I've, I've highly enjoyed it. Um, I will say nothing is more frustrating. Um, I was having patchy internet for a while and if your internet goes down in the middle of a run, uh, it won't let you count the score for that run. Ooh. And it'll tell you, you have to either forfeit the score or, or reconnect. And the other really annoying thing, um, 
is that when you get to down to the end of the event and you have like seconds left, you know, a, a, one run will take you about three minutes, uh, depending on the, the length of the drop. Um, and whenever that time limit runs out, it ends your run right there. So there's no opportunity to kind of like, you know, do a buzzer beater. Um, you, you will get cut off halfway through the run, which doesn't really right. seem fair to me. But other than that, it's, it's been great. Huh. Uh, I've also been playing on my on my iPhone a lot of Bejeweled Blitz. Um, <laughs> it's a little little guilty pleasure there. Um, that's that fills my my free time, uh, especially because. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say which there's like like five or ten macro puzzles that all of those draw on. Which one is Bejeweled? <laughs> Match three. Yep. Okay. Is that like like Match three. reorganizing them? Yeah, like switch around, and it's yeah, it's like all within. Yeah, it's within a within a minute. So every game is time bound for a minute, and so it's it's the perfect little uh, package. And I I think I mentioned this other one a while ago, but please stay calm. Is uh is like this zombie game that incorporates your location and physical locations near you into the into the fun. Uh, it's, I, I would actually liken it to a, uh, Kingdom of Loathing. Uh, it, and actually, now that I say that, there's, there's a lot of similarities there. The sense of humor, the nice. way you kind of draw on your stamina to, to do actions, etc. Um, that continues to be a lot of fun now, probably like three months after my initial download of it. So, <laughs> check it out. It's free. Yeah. Um, check it out. Can I can I make a hey check it out? Um, can I make <laughs> another another couple of iPhone game recommendations while we're at it? Sure, I actually still have some money from a gift card on my iPhone, so I need to I need to use it. Okay, um, just uh, just while we're here, and uh, the, this way people who don't have iPhones can can kind of tune out. Um, <laughs> since we're, since we're, since we're toward the end, um, one specific game that I want to uh, that I want to recommend is called Papa Sangre. Okay, how do you spell that? P A P A S A N G R E. Okay. Um, that is a horror puzzle adventure game that is played entirely with sound. Hmm. So there's no visual element. If you just look at the screen, it says turn left, turn right, walk forward. Um, and you're supposed to avoid monsters and find exits um, just with your headphones in, um, you know, based on audio cues and 3D sound. Um, and really? it is really, really cool and very, very unnerving. Okay. I was about to ask, is it scary? Mm-hmm. It sounds yes. like it is. Yeah, it's huh. uh it's very good. Uh the other one, um it's kind of similar, um you know, I'm not I'm not a fan of zombies, I'm on the record um as uh, as being so, but there is a fantastic game uh that I found out from uh from Rebel FM. It's called Z-Day. It's uh okay. Z-Day. Um and it is a kind of like a choose choose your own adventure game uh for for uh for like a surviving the zombie apocalypse. Got it. Oh, okay. I hate, I feel so dirty saying that word. But uh <laughs> It's got like a uh, like a The Walking Dead comic book style like like art 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 style for that like you know black and white with like red tones, um, and mm-hmm. it says like you know you wake up and the news says there are zombies. Do you put on running shoes? Do you put on you know hiking boots? Do you grab you know et cetera et cetera? And you know there are multiple different ways that the you know that everything can kind of play out, um, and you can you know accumulate people as you go. But at the end it gives you like a zombie survival like you know, rating. So I've gotten hmm. the highest that I've gotten is like, you know, 55%, something like that. 
Oh, wow. Um, but you can choose, like, do I hole up in a shopping mall or do I just make a run for it or, or do I do, th- do, I do <laughs> things like that? So it's a, it's a really, really kind of like a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that one's uh, that one's pretty good. Those those are both are, are really relatively cheap. Although when you're when you're when you're talking about anything like anything that's under five dollars, it's just kind of a no brainer. I think it's it's awesome that 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 price point allows people to do stuff that is innovative, like this Papa Sangre thing you're talking about, where it's where it's just sound. Yep. Uh, it's fun to kind of kind of have that uh, freedom. Yes, most definitely. It is uh, it is definitely not one that you want to play at night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I, yes. So I think I think that wraps up uh, what we've been playing, which is the the focus of this episode. I don't know if there's anything that you guys were itching to touch on that we didn't get to already. The the Mass Effect three announcement was the big one, uh, and uh, and I'm not sure there's there's anything else burning topics that you guys want to bring forward. I'll open the floor for that though. I can think of a news item. It's just that um, Diablo three, you know, sequel to one of the greatest games of all time, apparently now is the release date. But does it? What is it? Uh, May fifteenth, I believe. All right. Oh well, that's so if we stop, if we stop hearing from David after May fifteenth, it's not that he's dead. Uh, <laughs> he's just he's just found a new game. I know, oh. I'm, I'm kind of worried that Blizzard managed to have a release date that's not, you know, years in the future. So <laughs> kind of, I'm kind of creeped out. Well, but. technically, this this is years in the future from when Diablo 2 came out. Specifically, <laughs> 11 years in the future. So Actually, uh, 15. From Diablo 2? Oh, Diablo 2 came out in 2000, uh, two, or 2000, right? I, I was pretty sure I was on their website earlier, and they're having, like, a 15th anniversary Watchmen angle. Of the so- series? Oh, of the series. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Diablo 2 came out in 2000. Um, my, about... <laughs> my, my other big thing, uh, this is something I just found out, found out about today, um, related to that, kind of as our, as our uh, finishing hits. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a company that specializes in doing like, you know, HD remakes and things like that. Uh, they recently did a, a, a remake of uh, MDK2, which was a Bioware game, a uh, really fun uh, Bioware shooter. Uh, turns out that now uh, they have announced their plan to make the Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition um, sure. with the intention to also redo Baldur's Gate 2 and then ultimately uh, work with Bioware to develop, I think, Baldur's Gate 3. So those Baldur's Gate was like Neverwhere Nights, the prequel, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's a, it's basically the the computer game forgotten realms rule set but with second edition instead of third edi- third edition like uh um, okay yeah uh like uh dennis for your re- for your reference um dragon age was a spiritual successor to Baldur's Gate, so oh, it's a it's a very similar um you know kind of turn-based combat um <clears throat> conversation driven you know this, this 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 was like where bioware cut their teeth so this is really exciting. The Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition is going to be coming out this summer, uh, which is really, uh, really uh, fascinating to me. Um, I've never, I've never played and beaten the the first Baldur's Gate. I've played a little ways into uh, Baldur's Gate Two, um, so I'm excited. Uh, so I might as well just like not even bother playing <laughs> playing the first one now because the uh, because the good edition is going to be coming out, assuming they don't mess it up. Nice. Yeah. So I, I guess since since you both had news hits, um, I can I can bring. Mine. This is just personally something I'm excited about, but 
Far Cry 3 uh, had a new trailer come out, uh, kind of focusing on the the uh, Dr. Earnhardt, who's like the psychotic guy, the uh, psychedelic drugs guy. And uh, they also uh, showed some uh, DLC, which apparently the Europe DLC is different than the America DLC. And it's like Europe has you uh, exploring a research facility and fighting in an abandoned missile silo where the the missile has like leaked fuel everywhere. And the America version has you fighting bomb-toting monkeys. So thanks for that. I'm not even sure <laughs> where where to go with that. What 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 does that even imply? I guess the American focus group told him that bomb toting monkeys were were better than any sort of serious mission. Which is interesting. I mean, the the tone of Far Cry Three has has uh, been very very serious, and you know, it's it's got the crazy characters, but the the overall feel is is very real. So I'd, I'd be interested to see how how you mean Far zany. Cry Two. Oh no, Far well, what I, Far Cry Far Cry Two, yes, and then what I've seen of Far Cry Three. Uh, okay. Although I remember the characters in Far Cry Two being pretty bland, to the point yeah. that they mix and they mix and matched them based on who you chose to play as, right? Uh, yeah, and also uh, where exactly you died in the in the um. In the tutorial, which I actually find kind of cool. Huh. So, like, you know, you are in the tutorial, you eventually succumb to malaria. Yeah, depending yeah. on where in the level you you succumb to it determines, uh, like, which starting area you start in. Oh, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yep. So, like, I did an all-out bum rush, like, go crazy and and run at people. I wonder if that would have changed if I had stayed in the house. I'm I'm a little bit concerned, and I say this as a person who didn't play Far Cry 2. I'm a little bit concerned that uh, the the kind of the motif of you know this is an island full of crazy people with nothing to lose. If that's a kind of a narrative justification for something that was a main complaint with uh, Far Cry 2, from what I understand, which is everybody's trying to kill you for no reason. <laughs> so if they can narratively hand wave it away. They're like, oh yeah, of course they're trying to kill you. It's an island full of psychotics. What did you expect? Um, yeah, that 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 just kind of seems too convenient to me. Although the See, trailer, I never got that that complaint on in Far Cry Two. Although I could see, well, I guess I guess it it did weird me out that people like instantly knew I was the enemy. But it yeah. felt like they they did a pretty good job of explaining why they're trying to kill you. But anyway, it's okay. gone. Well, what I what I will say is in the trailer, um, at least the the one version I saw, I, I looked up versions on YouTube and they didn't have this, so I was I was kind of weirded out by that. But the trailer that I saw, at least implied that the the main antagonist that they've shown to date, uh, I forget his name now, but it's the the crazy guy with the mohawk. It's called the uh, boss. Which you never, yeah, which you never see in video games, right? <laughs> um, but it at least implied that he was using you to run errands in some way. So uh, take that, so take it's that for an what it's MMO. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that they go back to like the um, the whole tropical island thing. I don't know. I feel like that could just very much be a step back. 
I would love to see them keep the fire elements while going back to a more interesting and bright setting. Tundra. <laughs> All white. Interesting. For the entire game, you can only see five feet in front of you. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's mini-map the game. So that was episode number 147 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games and hopefully uh, an hour and a half or so of your life well spent. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we've enjoyed talking, so hopefully you've gotten the same level enjoyment of enjoyment out of it. Uh, what can you do? What can you do? There are several things we would love for you to do. Uh, the first of which uh, is go to your iTunes window on your MacBook computer or other internet device, uh, find us, and give us a rating. Uh, I, I, I haven't looked recently, but I, I know we, we haven't had too much activity. So it's, it's always nice to get the feedback and, uh, and to boost, uh, boost that star rating, that delicious, delicious star rating. Got to get them stars. Uh, short of that, tell a friend. Uh, we're always happy to have newcomers, and uh, so so please spread the word. We don't have any sort of advertising budget, so uh, your uh, your vote of confidence is is the way that we grow our listenership. Uh, what else? You can follow us on Twitter. I am at D Furia, which is the letter D F U R I A. I am at Cole Ross. That is K O L E R O S S. And Money Smith is at home talking to no one because <laughs> he's not on Twitter yet. Above the influence. <laughs> uh, and and Ben, uh, I can't remember his Twitter off the cuff, but At that's alright. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Nice. Uh, check out check out the Duckfeed.tv network. Um, we mentioned actually two of the other shows that are on that network. Both of them are phenomenal. The um the Ducktales intro for Watch Out for Fireballs I found particularly amusing. Uh, so if nothing else, just go listen to the first couple of minutes of that, and uh, <laughs> your your time will be well spent. So uh, this is Dennis Furia. This is Cole Ross. David Mysmith. Saying uh, thank you for listening.